Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, are we doing this? Oh, okay. Hey, We're everybody. Doing this. <laughs> this, is, this podcast is haunted. I'm Jen. I'm Kate. And let's get spoopy. Let's get um, fucking... It's it's October 1st, Jen. Our season. I it know. is time. It is time. I'm so fucking excited. Like, I'm... Oh, I love Halloween. I'm so happy. Same. Are you going to dress up this year? Of course I am. Okay. Well, this is going to be kind of getting a little into my story, but I think I'm going to be doing some volunteering for ghost tours. Perfect. This Halloween season, which I'm very, very excited about. And that's going to involve dressing up. You should probably... Do you guys have free printing at your school? No. Oh, gross. Okay. Well... Why? Well, Grand Valley, you could print <laughs> off your entire textbook and nobody would charge you. Fuck. Yeah, Grand, Val- Grand Valley's got heck of freaking money. Mm. I know because I still give it to them all the time. Well, good for you. Yeah, I know, right? So if you could have printed for free, maybe I'll mm-hmm. maybe I'll have one of our Grand Valley kids print yeah. us off a bunch of quarter sheet ads that you can like have of the podcast and hand them out. <laughs> that would be super cool. Oh, like, oh, to visitors. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. To the visitors for your ghost tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's nice. We'll have to put a big old not safe for work on there. Mm-hmm. That is still like the number one complaint I hear about. Really? Yeah. Like not specifically like of our podcast, but on like podcasting groups, people bitch about language a lot. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like they don't talk to real humans at all. And like uh, people fucking swear. I don't know why. Everyone wants, everyone wants to have their kids listen to podcasts and it's like i don't why i don't know this is not a podcast to listen to with your children right we are not we're not for general consumption we're not for Go your children listen to how stuff works okay that's oh, that's a good one yeah how, how shout out to one. how stuff works that's a good one mm-hmm. all right so do you want to do you want to do our podcast though <laughs> yeah this is our podcast where we swear and tell spooky stories so if that's so not what you. you're into <laughs> All right, so today we are discussing new hometown haunts, and I'm pretty excited about it because mm-hmm. uh, you and I have moved in our lives. Now, you've moved recently. Yeah. I moved to Grand yeah. Rapids, what, a decade yeah, so ago? F- yeah, for you, new is more like... The last 10 years. The last <laughs> third of your life. Right. Oh, I'm old. <laughs> uh, but okay. for you, it's like the last 10 weeks, so... yeah. So brand new, brand new. Um, all right, but, well, go ahead. Let's babe. hear it. Okay. No, I was... <laughs> take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we're awkward. All right, yeah. so today uh, I'm talking to you about another campus haunt. Uh, I actually, mm-hmm. after our last uh, haunted colleges, haunted universities edition, people were like, "Oh, uh, why didn't you do a local school?" And I was like, "Excuse me, I did Grand Valley," and they were like, "Barely." And oh so, really right i miss well, the listen, drama <laughs> grand valley's not that old well yeah you know i don't tell you everything you're busy mm-hmm. grand valley's not that old we haven't acquired that many ghosts there is a much older campus actually there's quite a few got grand grand rapids is really a college town and yeah. one of the colleges that is really very much entrenched in in grand rapids is aquinas are you familiar I am familiar. I've been on the campus, but I don't know much about the history of it. It's a very pretty campus. Well, it's 
gorgeous. I'm so glad you asked about the history of it because guess what, bitch? That's what the show's about. I got your history right here, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually used to be downtown. Really? Mm-hmm. It was founded by the Dominican sisters uh, back in 1886. I would imagine because it's the Dominican diocese that it'd be where the Catholic diocese are today. So I would oh. imagine that's where it used to be because I think the Catholic church has owned that land for a while. Okay, that's possible. So it didn't actually move out to its current location between Fulton and Robinson, which is in East Grand Rapids. Uh, Mm -hmm. For those of you who've never been to Grand Rapids, when you come to Grand Rapids, definitely (laughs) check out East Grand Rapids. It's the Ann Arbor of Grand Rapids. It's It's the Portland of the Midwest. I don't know. It's very crunchy. It's yeah, it's very granola. Uh, it's wealthy white people living their best wealthy white people lives. Their best gentrification lives. And <laughs> right. I was a part of that for a good two years. You were. Everything's old, lumber baron mansions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you get into the proper part of East Grand Rapids around Aquinas College, it's not just lumber baron mansions. It's like, oh, yeah. It's. Like, okay, hang on. Let me rephrase. The rest of East Grand Rapids is lumber worker houses. Beautiful craftsmanship. The part of Aquinas, East Grand Rapids, Mm -hmm. is like the lumber barons. Like, people who lived here had millions and billions of dollars. Yeah, it's right by, um, like, Plymouth Street, right? Yeah, that's... Plymouth. Uh, heading into Gaslight Village. <laughs> My dad loves that street so much. Every time we're in a different city and we're going down like the fancy part of town, he's like, wow, it's really like Plymouth. <laughs> Compares everything to it. Well, it's super fancy. Yeah, I it always enjoy It's beautiful. I babysat for a family that lived off of Plymouth, like in a Plymouth adjacent area. And I was always like, mm, moving on up. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So they moved the campus to where it is now back in 1945. And that had to do with the acquiring of the Lowe Estate. We're going to put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. All right. So the campus was moved. It now has 107 acres. It feels very old, like it's from the Victorian era. It actually has every single tree that grows naturally in Michigan is somewhere present on the campus. Wow. I know. That's awesome. Yeah, Grand Valley has that too. Um, oh, okay. So it's we're a very tree-friendly city, Grand Rapids, but still. Mm-hmm. And this is a fun fact. In 1931, when the Dominicans, because it used to be a male college uh, seminary for becoming a priest, mm-hmm. when they merged with a woman's college in 1922, they actually went co-ed in 1931, fully co-ed, not like two different wow. buildings, like they went mm-hmm. co-ed in the classroom, 1931, and that was the first Catholic co-ed college in the United States. Wow. The that is cool. Now, it's actually named for kind of a super cool guy, St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. He's the patron saint of academics. He was born in uh, the 13th century or, you know, 1225. Mm-hmm. And he was born in northern Sicily. Now, before I read about Sir Thomas Aquinas, saint, not sir, he's not a knight. <laughs> the only thing I could tell you about Sicily is that that's where mobsters come from. <laughs> it's uh, the it's the thing that the boot's kicking. Oh, it's the right? thing that the boot's, sure. Yeah, that seems like a thing. Yeah. I yeah. just, uh, my <laughs> Italian professor 
in college who flunked me twice. Uh, well, I, I deserved it. But she was Sicilian. And I told my good friend, Angie, who her family's like straight Italian. I was like, well, she's a Sicilian. She, you know, she's teaching us the Sicilian dialect. And Angie's mom goes, don't ever trust a Sicilian. <laughs> like <laughs> Angie's mom's lived in Michigan for like 50 years. Like this is, but she still oh has God. this like deeply ingrained prejudice against Sicilians. And no. I love it. I am about I- it. What's that? What's that quote from the Princess Bride? Never get in a. Never engage it with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Something like that. Some, I'm sure we missed a couple words. People well, are gonna write it angry at. Write, write, write to us and correct us. I'm sorry, nerds. Please don't. I'm sorry. I know the quote. I just don't know every goddamn word. Anyway. Right, right. We have lives. Um, <laughs> so he's the patron saint of academic, and he wrote the Summa Theologica, which is one of the major Catholic works, and it's basically that all reason is found through God. Aquinas himself was kind of cool. He encouraged open-mindedness. He encouraged learning through life experience. He's actually a major influence on what we consider Western thought. To become a (laughs) saint, you have to experience two miracles. Uh, No, you have to experience at least one miracle. And he actually experienced two. Okay. His first miracle is that he was observed levitating in prayer. Well, all right. That's interesting. Like he did it. (laughs) Now he never, he himself never wrote about the experience. It was it, it was uh, observed of him. Oh, so okay. levitating in prayer in front of a image, an icon of Christ mm-hmm. in crucifixion, mm-hmm. and Christ is saying, you know, you've done so much for the church. Okay. Many years later, that was when he was younger. So closer to the end of his life, while he was busy writing the Summa Theologica, he was giving a mass and he experienced ecstasy, which is. Kind of, mm-hmm. from what I understand, mm-hmm. and I, I will be the first one to tell you that I do not have a thorough understanding of religious miracles, <laughs> because you know, pagan atheist. Yeah. <laughs> Which I understand is a contradiction in terms. Well, you know. You know. So, anyways, he's experiencing this ecstasy, and he's possibly getting a deeper understanding of God's plan for the universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and afterwards, he says, because he was in the middle of writing or finishing his Summa Theologica, it remains unfinished because he said I, when he was encouraged to finish it, I cannot. All I have written seems like straw to me now. Hmm. So, yeah, kind of interesting. And then you might, if you aren't Catholic, but you've maybe had a classical education, you may have come across him in Dante's The Divine Comedy. Oh. Dante wrote him in to heaven. He's a glorified soul in heaven, and he was part of Dante's examples of religious wisdom. All right, all right. Kind of a cool guy. Yeah. His school is super fucking haunted, though, like aggressively haunted. Really? Do tell. (laughs) We're going to talk about two buildings in particular. Okay. The first one is Holmdean. Now, Holmdean okay. is the whole reason that Aquinas Univers- or Qua- College is now where it is. Because originally, it's a private home. It was the private home of Edward and Susan Lowe. Okay. Now, Susan was a Butterworth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and when she wasn't, her, the Butterworths uh, were also the Blodgetts. So okay. her family is really, really big deal in Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids is quickly becoming a medical city. Mm -hmm. We're trying to be Ann Arbor, basically. (laughs) And uh, Susan Butterworth Lowe has a huge part of that because she and her husband established Butterworth Hospital, which was the main hospital in Grand Rapids. Which is where I was born. What? The more you know. Yep. Anyway. Um, her family is also the Blodgetts. Blodgetts were big lumber barons. They had hecka lumbering Mm. money. 
And so she married the son of an English immigrant, uh, Edward Lowe. Mm-hmm. And they designed this house together. He got a job with the Blodgett Lumbering Camp. They, they had heck of millions and they opened Butterworth Hospital. Now the rest is rumor. So bear with me, but they... Okay. <laughs> I'll stick to the facts first. Like yeah. I said, Edward was English. And when you look at this house, it looks like it's from Hampton Court. It's, it's distinctly Tudor. It's mm-hmm. ivy covered. It's, uh, it looks like Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. If mm-hmm. Professor Xavier's mm-hmm. school was also like a trailer park, like it makes it look like a trailer park. Yeah, see, this is what I always felt that uh, Calvin was missing when I went there, is it, it a distinct lack of, like, Hogwarts feel to it. <laughs> right, right. Um, I can't even say Grand Rap- Grand Valley has that. Grand Valley? No. Any building older than 30 years at Grand Valley, they tear to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. I mean, it's a very high-tech, cutting-edge school, but also they change it all the time, and it's constantly mm-hmm. under construction, so that gets really old really fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway... Holmdean began construction, Holmdean, the house, went under construction in 1906. It was finished in 1908, and that's when the Lowe's took residence. Mm-hmm. Teddy Roosevelt stayed there in 1911 when he was visiting Grand Rapids to give a Lincoln Day speech. The formal garden was designed by Ellen Biddle Shipman, and I didn't Google this, but I'm pretty sure from my report work that I did for my museum that Ellen mm-hmm. Biddle Shipman designed quite a few of the White House gardens as well. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's like, if you're a garden person, it would be a name you would know. Not not as much as Frederick Law Olmsted, though, I imagine. He's like the biggest deal in landscaping. Um, Do you know what... Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I just, I, that bored me so much, I fell asleep. Oh, okay. Well, he designed <laughs> Central Park. That's all you need to know. I do know that. He was mentioned in At Home by Bill Bryson, which we both love. Yep. So uh, the Dominicans purchased the estate in 1945. Now, that's a really short life to be in the hands of one family between 1908 and 1945. Yeah. So mm, that's a quick turnover. We're going to come back to why. Okay. All right. All right. So Holmdean then served um, as the administration building and classrooms until new buildings could be erected. So why such a short turnover? Because tragedy allegedly, and I do want to say I cannot back this up anywhere, I and I don't want to... I actually know somebody mm-hmm. who's on the board at Aquinas, and mm-hmm. she's like the main nun of Grand Rapids, and she's a really wonderful person, but I also do not want to piss her off because I feel like she has no. nun powers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you can't... It's a little weird going up to a nun and be like, hey, so tell me about all the tragedy if you think i'm not gonna do it though like you're wrong like i'm gonna find out (laughs) okay well yeah please do your whatever right uh, my my charming persuasiveness yeah you could you could get it done i'm sure (laughs) so anyways the rumor is is that the home deans um back in the 1930s actually had a son Mm -hmm. and at some point in time in the son's young life and the 1930s could be the wrong date that might have been when they left the house Oh, okay. But the son drowned in the pool. Oh. And that his sad. spirit is one of the many spirits that is trapped in Holmdean today. Oh, does he swim around? Well, uh, he's known for turning faucets on and off. 
Oh, okay. You know? See, I was imagining, have you ever um, done that in the original version of The Sims where you, you drown your Sims to death and then you take away the pool and they'll still like, they'll like appear like swimming around in the ground? <laughs> Did that ever happen to you? I've never played a game of The Sims. Oh, that's right. We've been over this. I'm sorry. I didn't have much of a childhood. Well, anyway, someone knows what I'm talking about and is cackling. Is it just because... like, like a blip in the game where they think the pool's still there? Yeah, they just like reappear doing what they were doing when they died. And that <laughs> was swimming. And if there's no pool around. They're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. That's fine. Anyway, so this... This guy, he turns on faucets. Okay. He turns on faucets. He turns on lights. He opens and shuts doors. Ooh. They've also seen lights uh, on the third floor that are green when the building is supposed to be empty. Hmm. Now, this one was interesting to me. It's also rumored. I can't find any details at all. But a medium and demonologist and paranormal investigator visited the campus in 2005 Okay. His name was John Zaffis, according to our friends at Michigan's Other Side. And he felt the presence of a number of spirits in Holmdean, including one white woman, and this mm -hmm. is a direct quote from the site, who was so strong-willed in life that in death, even her African-American servant remains trapped with her. Ain't that some fucking shit? Oh my God. <laughs> Doesn't that suck just the world's fattest dick? Oh my God, yeah. I mean, like... Listen, I'm a strong-willed woman, which means that sometimes I must see you next Tuesday. <laughs> I inspire hatred. That's fine. Some people hate me. And I feel like those people should not have to suffer me for all eternity. But what? Oh, talk about the ultimate power move, though. <laughs> Holy no shit. kidding. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Oh, man. I know there's a couple people who you'd want to inflict that upon. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yes. Especially if I could make them be my servants. Girl, yes. <sighs> there are so many people I yes. hate. So that's just one haunted building, and that's just uh, two spirits. There's another building on campus that I want to talk about called the Brown Building. Brown, B-R-O-W-N-E. It's a last name. Mm-hmm. It is mainly now the campus security administration offices. Okay. They hear children laugh. No. And they, <laughs> uh, you know, open doors, lock shut. Um, they can't sometimes get a door latch to engage, so they mm -hmm. padlock them. No. Yeah. <laughs> but what was really interesting, there's two interesting things. One uh, student security guard uh, mm -hmm. who had residence in Brown, so he mm -hmm. was living there at the time from what I understand, experienced the most terrifying lucid dream of his life. Mm -hmm. So um, the student was walking the building, which was also his residence, and he was heading into an apartment that uh, had some broken infrastructure, and so nobody was residing in it at the time. He was checking out a door that should have been locked, and mm -hmm. out of nowhere, a black non-corporeal mass mm. barreled out of this apartment straight for him. No, 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 no. He ran no, no. backwards, he tripped and fell, and it stood over him. And Fuck. he was completely paralyzed. No. That was the lucid dream. Okay, this, okay so this is a dream. All right. Well, lucid dream. But so like, okay. it's kind of like what um, the, the Dear David thing that Adam Ellis is experiencing. <gasps> yeah. Same thing. Oh, so man. David Zaffis did make one more, um, and he refused to go into it back in 2005. 
While touring Brown Building, he went mm-hmm. up to the attic near where this black non-corporeal mass was found mm-hmm. or experienced. Mm-hmm. And he refused to divulge what it was, talk about it, uh, other than to say that there's something up there that he will be leaving well enough alone. Mm-hmm. Spooky. One interesting architectural note about Brown is that it actually has a floor full of swastikas. I'm, uh, I'm sorry? What? <laughs> you know, uh, a floor full of swastikas. Now, this is uh... a tile job. <laughs> Oh, okay. The swastika pattern is still there. If you Mm want to see it, if you go through the main entrance facing Robinson Road, lift up the rug that's in the foyer. Small Mm. black tiled swastikas are there against red Mm -mm. tiles. Mm -mm. Some people think that this means that somewhere in the school's history, there were anti-Semites involved. What? Anti-Semites in in America? (laughs) Okay, this is a brief tangent, but like, Legit, every single time someone mentions Henry Ford, I mentally just feel in. He was a Nazi. (laughs) Every single time. He was also a bit of an idiot, Henry Ford. Yeah. He went to harvest gum in Brazil for tires, you know, Mm -hmm. rubber, Mm -hmm. and uh, pretty much failed that on every every possible way a person could fail. If you want more details, you should read One Summer America 1927 by Bill Bryson. Oh, I heard of that one. He's my god. I love him. Mm -hmm. I'll let you borrow it. Okay. Anyway. Um, Anyway, so that swastika pattern, though, could possibly be a symbol for peace. There is a symbol that's like a reverse swastika. Uh, Okay. Yeah. But think about when it was made. Right. Yep. (laughs) And the fact that they're putting a rug over it. If it were a symbol for peace, hmm, maybe we'd be a little more comfortable showing it off. And it was built in, what, the 40s? Uh, right around 30s. there. 30s? Yeah. <laughs> There's no fucking way they didn't know what a swastika was. Well, yep. <laughs> Still, oh. though, uh, <laughs> the Dominican nuns traditionally have been pretty liberal, okay. so possibly not, but also possibly. I don't want to libel it too far, uh, but I'm willing to put a... Yeah, maybe Nazis right out there because there's a lot of white supremacy in West Michigan. Like a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Should we double check which way it's going? Is that what the, um, the I will part dispatch of it? someone to Robinson Road. Please. I will. I'll make our good friend Callie get after that. She's okay. an alumnus there and, I can, and she can walk around and lift stuff up and she can be like, I yeah. went here. I gave you money. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> so that pretty much wraps up what I have of Aquinas. There are actually a lot of ghost stories out there. Mm-hmm. The low boy, the drowned boy, is probably the most prevalent, but there's certainly a lot to be had. Yeah. So check it out, Just, guys. You should right. read more about it. Um. Oh, I need some more wine. Girl, yes. Okay. So, as you all know, I now live in the booming metropolis of Cooperstown, New York. Holla! Which, if you're a baseball fan, you've definitely heard of. And if you're not, like myself, you've never heard of it. Um, But it is in upstate New York, and it's about four hours um, north of the city. So, you know, not not too far and now part of our like orientation into this program has been to basically learn all about the history of cooperstown Mm -hmm. so real briefly it was founded by william cooper in 
1786. So, and it wasn't like he was the first person here. As with most of American history, there was, you know, plenty of Native Americans here before and other white settlers too, but um, the, the American Revolution kind of like put a halt on all current settlements in this area. And then after the war in 1786, William Cooper came around and gooped up all of this conveniently deserted land smart yeah yeah so and he was he was really well known for this he was well known in new york society as being like really smart for grabbing up all of this land um (laughs) i don't know i was going somewhere else with it and i was like no that's really what he was he was he just became this like wealthy landed estate owner without the title right and like he knew he he like knew alexander hamilton (gasps) i know right I wonder if they hated each other. Actually, they did not because he was a Federalist. Oh. Um, So um, Hamilton wanted to introduce one of his other friends to Cooper as like, hey, this is a guy you should know and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, Hamilton was also pretty pretentious, if you'll remember. Right. (laughs) I think if I knew Alexander (laughs) Hamilton in real life, not only would I hate him, Mm -hmm. I also was completely against most of his politics. Really? See, I'm very Hamiltonian. Okay. Uh, Not, I mean, just an unregulated Wall Street is a dangerous thing. Oh, well, yeah, that, yeah. So, like, that's where he and I would differ. You know, I'm I'm for a strong, you know, central government, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. there's such thing as too much. (laughs) So, that was, that was William Cooper. Um, uh, William Cooper's not the more famous one now. It's actually his son, James Fenimore Cooper. Oh, whoa, Last of the Mohicans? Yep, he wrote Holy Last shit. of the Mohicans, Leatherstocking Tales, The Deer, um, Pathfinder, whatever. I don't know. I've I've only I only ever heard of Last of the Mohicans before coming here, but now every yeah, it's well, it's like the deer hunter, deer stalker. Deer hunter. No, deer stalker. You're right. Deer stalker. I think my dad yeah. has that book. Okay, I I work, I work at a local museum now, and people will come up to be like, "Oh, like this book and this book." I'm like, "Yes, yes, (laughs) those, of course." Now, uh, speaking of the museum I work at, one of them I work at is the Fenimore Art Museum, which is of course named after James Fenimore Cooper. But it was it's in a house that was not well. I think it was land originally owned by him. But anyway, it's in a house that was built by the Clark family. And the Clark family is the other big important family in town. They're okay. the ones that still kind of run the town. Oh, sure. So they still have, they still got folk. There are Coopers still around, but they mostly don't, they mostly live elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's really the Clark family that runs this town, kind of like the DeVosses right. <laughs> in Grand Rapids. Right. Um, Hopefully so, not quite as uh, well, pseudo evil. Well, Oh. I mean, they're not as, like, globally known for that, but within the, they, they run shit. I mean, at least they're not, you know, related to, like, Blackwater. That's true. Okay. That's so, true. there you go. So, the Clark family has also been in the area for pretty much as long as it was founded. So, there, George Clark was a lieutenant general, lieutenant governor of colonial New York when it, before America was a thing. So, they're, like, old time important and so this george clark he owned a lot of land in like the mohawk and hudson river valleys also owned a lot of land in england 
but he's not who we're talking about. Right. His grandson. <laughs> this is sorry. We're gonna get into a lot of family drama, and there's a lot of George Clark's. I love it. <laughs> so I will, I will try to keep it all straight for you. George Clark. I, he's not given like uh, the second or anything. So he's just George Clark. He was born in England. He's the grandson of this other George Clark. He inherits a bunch of lands and money from this other George Clark and his father. So he moves to upstate New York in 1806. Not Cooperstown yet, but you know, upstate New York. So he moves to upstate New York in um, 1806 to oversee all of his inheritance. Now, I don't know exactly when he makes his way to Cooperstown, but at some point he meets Anne Lowe Carey Cooper, huh. who is married to Richard Cooper, who is James Fenimore Cooper's big brother. Oh. So they're connected. The second the, to last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Yes. The way I was thinking about this was, you know that part in Sleepy Hollow where Johnny Depp's like, oh, I didn't realize that the Van Garretts were, were uh, you know, related to the uh, the Van Tessels. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, we're all, this is, you know, small town New York. Everyone's related to each other. This is the same situation. Right. Things At roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, yeah. So... Important families in small towns are all related. That's all you need to know. Yep. So he, he meets Anne Lowe Carey Cooper, who is married to Richard Cooper. And according to my sources, they were kind of like just having an open affair. Oh. Early on. Like she was still married to Richard. And actually, uh, George Clark still had a wife back in England. Charming. Yeah. But apparently... She had kind of gone mentally unwell, unstable. He pulled a Rochester. Yes, exactly. That's what I wrote in my notes. He pulled a Rochester. (laughs) Just fucking left. Great minds think alike. (laughs) Yep. Just just packed up, left England, moved to New York in search of a new life and lady. So Richard Cooper dies at some point. While Anne is pregnant with their third child... Four, nope, fifth child. <laughs> There's a lot of children. Well, there was no internet back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's his allegedly, because oh. there's a lot of rumors that it's actually George Clark's. Oh. Yeah. So. Kind of like a Kardashian mom sort of thing? Y- yes, or like any number of people who have moved on and, yeah, moved sure. on before their spouse has passed on. So they get married. And he, well, at some point, he buys land um, next to Anne's family estate, I don't know, in Cooperstown in 1817. So now he lives in Cooperstown, but he needs to build a house. Uh-huh. So he, he starts building what will become Hyde Hall. Ooh, I love the name. Yeah, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Did I get that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. H-Y-D-E. The, so it takes it it takes a number of years to almost twenty years to build this house. Wow! He starts How big it, is yeah. it? It's it's not huge. I think it just I don't know why it took so long. I think well, okay. So he starts in eighteen seventeen. In eighteen nineteen or twenty, they complete like the main family quarters. Okay. So pretty quickly on that end. In the 1820s, he inherits his father's 
English estates, and also Jamaican sugar plantations. Oh, shit. That's big money. Yeah, it gives him a heap more money so that he they start to add on a whole nother wing to the house. Sure, because slavery. Yeah, servants' quarters, guests' um, quarters, that kind of a thing. So they're like, well, fuck, let's go all out. So that's really what takes the most time. Um, it's finally completed in 1834. And then in 1835... George Clark dies. Ha! That's what you get for having <laughs> slaves. <laughs> yeah. So he was sitting on the porch that was overlooking the lake, Lake Otsego, and Cooperstown, the village. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful vantage points in the whole county. It's gorgeous. I saw it myself. And so he's sitting on the porch, and then we don't know exactly what happened. It was like an aneurysm or a heart attack or something, some kind of sudden, like he wasn't ill before. He just suddenly right, died. Right, he just suddenly died. I hope it was murder, yeah. actually. I hope somebody poisoned him. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, so he he didn't really get to enjoy his house very long, but Anne, his wife, continued to live there for a number of years with her son, George Jr., the new owner of the house. Now, we do, there's a lot of speculation about Anne and her relationship with her son. Oh. Uh, no, don't, not that. Not oh, like okay. That. Don't make it weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't make it weird. Not like that. <laughs> there's, there's a legend that um, George Jr. married and uh, Anne, his mother, just could not, um, you know, abide she, they just couldn't get along with the new her wife. son and the new wife. There was just too much competition. George Jr. did get married to Anna Maria Gregory, um, but that was in 1853, and Anne, his mother, was out of the house by 1850. So they, she never actually, no, she she died in 1850. Oh. I think. So she yes. couldn't have hated this new girl too much. She'd been dead for three years before she he married. Never, she never met his new wife. Okay. So it was um, just rumor. Yeah, it was just rumor. Okay. So I don't know if there was like some previous like heartthrob or something that she was mean to, but for some reason, there's this story about her. She did leave the house before her death. Um, and... The rumor is that she, as she was leaving, she she turned around and shook her fist at George Jr. and bas- <laughs> basically said, may no woman ever be happy in this house again. Jesus. Yeah. That's, so, that's a hell of a thing to say to a son. That's fucking Jesus. spiteful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, we don't know, of course. But the rumor is that that happened, um, but also that Anne and her husband, George, uh, still haunt the house. Awesome. Yes. And whether or not she did curse the house, it did kind of come true because there was a fucking lot of misery uh, in that house on the part of women. Like, women just did not tend to be happy there. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so George Jr.'s new bride, Anna Maria Gregory, she did not like Hyde Hall and she left they didn't spend a lot of time there because they did have a few other houses so they didn't spend much time there and then eventually they got divorced which is yeah pretty... that time of year that's not a thing not not time of year time of time. time of history yeah that was a pretty big deal so they got divorced 
And then like not the next generation, but the generation later, they, the owner of Hyde Hall also divorced his wife. Wow. They got divorced. Although at that point in time, it's like 1890s, right? Yeah, it's it's not as not big of as, a deal. Right. But still pretty. I mean, you did not get divorced unless there was a really good reason to get divorced. Mm-hmm. That it was there was a huge social stigma. I mean, there was a mm-hmm. social stigma against divorce. All the way through the 1970s. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, I, and probably a little bit still today. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So especially for like a big, important family like that, they just did not do that. Yeah. Did you so, know that the royal family uh, still has rules about that? Oh, I know that from uh, from The Crown. Oh, see, there you go. <laughs> yes. If you've watched The Crown on Netflix, which I would fully recommend. Yep. Then you would know. Yeah. And those lo- those rules are still true today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I just get excited about the royal family. Oh, oh, don't never apologize for that because I am also very excited about the royal family. When the queen dies, they'll probably publicize her funeral. Do you want to like meet up and Hell watch yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's mean. I don't want. No, no, it's not mean. It's you're marking a, you know, t- important time in history. Yeah. The I mean, end of the second Elizabethan era. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal. I got up at the crack of dawn to watch the royal wedding. Me too. I, I yeah, actually went to Celebration Cinema and watched it with, on that the big is like screen. another level, but I'm also very proud of you. Uh, thank you. Do you know <laughs> in my china cabinet that I have a plate with? <laughs> I have a plate with William and Kate on it. Uh, and when Prince George was married, Herod's put out little piggy banks of uh, little carnival... Uh, circus tent mm-hmm. thingies i okay. fully have that too they oh only released God. 500 of them and i have one holy shit that's that's yeah that's a little extra that's very extra admittedly i I'm... didn't pick those things out my husband brought them back from england for me but it does not decrease oh. my love of them god bless know. well he knows he he's knows. a good husband I, we just got we he were is. married for five years uh two days ago so congrats i know thank you neither one of us has murdered the other one yet Good job. I know. Yeah, you're doing way better than this whole family. Right. All right, let's jump back into it. Good segue. Uh, I'm going to take a brief jaunt from the Clarks to go uh, to talk about Anne. Sorry, they're all named Anne, Anna, George. I'm so that we're going back to the original Anne Lowe, Carrie Cooper, Clark. Mm-hmm. My God, so many names. So the original Mrs. Clark of Hyde Hall. Her granddaughter... Jane Storrs Cooper Worthington. Jesus. Is so she's one of the Coopers of, you know, the Coopers. Right. Although it was a big family, so I'm not exactly sure where she figures in. But she married John Worthington. Um, and they were fairly newlyweds. Uh, when she well, one of her I forget which relation, but it was one of her close relations. It was like her mother I think it was her mother or her father, I don't know. Got the consumption. Ooh. Yep. It's yep. They coughed, blood came out, you know it's all going down from there. Yeah. So she being the dutiful daughter or whatever relation she was, I forget. She went to care for them. And this is like right after her marriage. And John's like, okay, but he was worried because everyone knows how freaking contagious consumption yeah. is. Tuberculosis is no joke. You, yeah. You would have, you could wipe out entire communities with tuberculosis. 
Yeah. So she goes to care for them. And then sure enough. She gets tuberculosis. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Good job. Yep. Yep. So she dies. John was distraught and had this humongous portrait painted of her after her death. Now we're talking, uh, it is 102 inches by 76 inches, which is roughly Fuck. eight by six feet. Yeah. That's really, like, even for a large portrait, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a portrait of her full, you know, full body, and she's standing on the beach at Newport, Rhode Island, with, like, waves crashing behind her. It's Aww. It's quite pretty. That's nice. Yeah, and she has this kind of, like, wistful look in her eye. Like, you can't tell if she's, like, happy or sad. And Probably because she knew that her husband was a disgusting slave owner. <laughs> no, that's a, this is a different guy. Different oh, guy. it is? Oh, sorry. I got yeah. lost. This is John Worthington. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, take I don't back. know the dirt yeah. on him. <laughs> I'm sure there he was something, be... though. Let's be dismissive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he did something wrong. Yeah, so this this kind of expression on her face is kind of notable because it the, so they didn't live in Hyde Hall just to just to make that clear this was another home in Cooperstown so he had this huge portrait of her painted and put up in his house and then fairly shortly after that he got remarried which i mean I, okay fine yeah, whatever happens yeah he got remarried and his new wife somewhat understandably didn't want to stare at the portrait of his dead wife right how very rebecca yeah and this is not just any portrait this is a huge fucking portrait (laughs) it's like life size bigger uh well she's i mean she doesn't take up the entire frame so i don't know still huge i don't know how tall she is in it but yeah it's huge so she's like understandably she asked to take it down and he, wanting to appease his new wife, was like, yeah, okay, that's, yeah, that's fair. Uh, now, the lady in the portrait, Jane, I think she's called Jenny, too, for some reason. She was having none of this shit because pretty soon doors started to slam, things started flying off shelves, pots and pans in the kitchen flying around making all sorts of racket. I love it. And it only stopped when they put the portrait back up on the wall. That is exactly the kind of temper tantrum that I expect and also respect. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. So poor new wife was just like, fuck, okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> guess we're keeping this shit up. And it stayed in the house for oh, quite a while. And they tried a couple more times to take it down. And again, the same thing would happen. Doors slamming, pots and pans flying around, just causing a general racket. Now, the I, don't, I forget exactly when this happened, but eventually the owners of the house, they just wanted to redo the house, turn it into a different kind of private residence. Uh-huh. And so they contacted Hyde Hall, which is at this point a museum. Oh, it, and it is already passed into public hands. Yes. So okay. this is like somewhat recently. And they they asked, hey, do you want this portrait? It's, you know, she's kind of related to, mm-hmm. she's the granddaughter of the original, you know, inhabitant. Right. And they're like, okay. But they also know the history of this portrait. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they sent, and I think it was an Episcopal priest over to the house when they were transporting it to say a blessing, I think burn some sage. Yeah. 
and basically tell the portrait and the spirit of Jenny that okay, you know, we're taking you down, but we're moving you to a new home. You're like we're moving go to-, to grandpa's house. Exactly. You're gonna go live with grandma and and grandpa, I guess. And uh, the, so they did. They moved her, and now her portrait hangs in the dining hall of Hyde Hall. And things have been quiet. They haven't experienced anything in either house. That is super cool. Mm-hmm. And they also say that she l- looks happier now. Oh, in the good. portrait. Yeah. So it her expression is somewhat ambiguous. So it's hard to tell exactly. But yeah, she. It could be interpreted either sad or happy. So it's. So is your museum within Hyde Hall? No. So I I work at it's they're kind of across the lake from each other. Okay. So yeah, Hyde Hall is a is it's a historic house museum. Gotcha. I work at an art museum. Oh, okay. That is what used to be a house owned by different Clarks. Sure. <laughs> they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> And I mentioned the the Cooper connection. The Clarks and the Coopers were very well connected, were very connected, interconnected with each other mm-hmm. throughout the history of, you know, Cooperstown. So much so that James Fenimore Cooper II, who is not the son of James Fenimore Cooper, but the grandson of James Fenimore Cooper. So fucking, I don't know. Why not? Yeah. Who the, yeah, who cares? Um, so he was a good family friend of the Clarks of Hyde Hall. And he spent a lot of time there as a house guest or, you know, for dinner parties or for longer. In the 1920s, he wrote, he was writing his diaries or memoirs or something. I'm not sure. But he was describing an experience that he had at Hyde Hall, a spooky experience. Ooh. Yes. So he says, I'm going to, I'm just going to quote the first part of it. I'm not going to quote the whole thing. But he says, knowing Hyde Hall from my youth, I was a frequent visitor for nearly half a century. Some 30 years ago, so the 1890s, I was one of a November house party composed with one exception of members of the Clark family. So he goes on to describe that he was, you know, staying at the house. He was staying in a guest room. He remarks on the quality of the guest room because he's a little snooty. And uh, basically, he was in bed, and he woke up, and without really opening his eyes, he heard someone in the room, and he heard it. Uh, the, he heard this person approach the bed and get closer and closer, and then he felt something brush against the he says bedclothes uh-huh um so i'm not sure if that's a blanket or it could be the hangings yeah so he says they brushed the bedclothes back from his body i think so i think maybe it's the blanket okay as not as if they were pulling it back but as if they had walked past so closely that like their clothes caught on it sure. and dragged it yeah naturally that freaked him out right. so he like jumped up and lit a candle and there was no one there Uh, But he did see that, I think, again, I think the blankets at the foot of the bed had been, like, half pulled off. Yes. Yes. So they, yeah, they still have that diary entry, and they read it aloud to guests. That is so freaky. There is also, so in the the 1920s era, like, so kind of around the time when James Fenimore Cooper II is writing this, Mm -hmm. um... The current inhabitants of Hyde Hall had 
quite a lot of children and they turned some rooms into a kind of a nursery suite uh-huh. so like three different rooms and they had i think like five children i don't know and there's there's a lot of weird things that happen in that area that i don't quite know the story behind but two of the children well i'll i'll, I'll come back to them in a second but okay. there was i think the current director of the museum most of this information that I have comes from, I went on a ghost tour of Hyde Hall, like, this past weekend. Uh-huh. And so I, I heard all these stories. And not only did I hear the stories, but I got to be in the rooms where they happened. It was so cool and so spooky. And it was at night, and it was all dark, and there's candles. And, I love it. I love um, it. I love it. I'm so jealous. so good. I love ghost tours. Oh, it's so spooky. So the director of the museum, he was describing this experience that he had where he was kind of walking around the house later at night and he was kind of coming out of the nursery and then there's like kind of a back stairway around there where like servants or the governess would go up and down and he he walks he's walking out of the door and he sees someone walking down the stairs. It's a woman with like a long blonde braid and a long dark dress and he just thinks oh it's probably just some visitor who got you know separated from the group so he goes oh sorry ma'am you know can i help you ma'am she doesn't turn around she doesn't acknowledge him just keeps walking Uh, so he starts after her and keeps repeating like ma'am ma'am can i help you and he follows her to the stairwell and then he looks down and she vanishes (gasps) so the director of your museum of, or of, of the, the museum. of that museum yeah. is mm-hmm. saying he had this paranormal experience. Yes. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. And then he was trying to figure out who it was. Couldn't tell. And then he was looking through the photos, um, historic photos of, you know, the house and its inhabitants. Uh-huh. And he he looks down at one of the staff and he goes, that's that's her. That's her. He points her out. Allegedly, I think he thinks she was the governess of this, and she ruled over this suite mm-hmm. of rooms. Yes, I love now, it. Oh my gosh, yeah. I have goosebumps, Jen. Yes, and now I just learned from one of my other friends who works there that she may have at some point been married to a groom there, so like one of the horse grooms. Uh-huh. And they did not have a happy marriage. He allegedly was abusive. And also, according to this story, uh, she reported it to the family. And instead of dealing with it, they dismissed both of them. Yeah. Charming. So that's one theory as to why she might be coming back and stalking around the place. Yeah, I would be. I'd be pissed as hell. Mm-hmm. And she does not look happy in the photo. It's she's. I mean, you know, people always tend to look very stoic, right? In in those photos. Um, but yeah, she has this look on her face that's like, man, you would not want to get on her bad side. <laughs> Jesus. So that's yeah. That's one of the, that's one thing that happens in the nursery. Another thing is, um, and going back to the fact that it was it used to be a different room that was converted into a nursery suite. Um, they put up new walls, and so these are kind of like not drywall, but like wet wall. What you would do in the twenties. Whereas the rest of the rooms, when you say wet walls, wall, do you mean like plaster and horsehair? Yes. Okay. Yeah, over like wooden slats or whatever. I don't yep, know. Lathe. Yeah. So the rest of the walls are stone because this is a stone house. Mm -hmm. But these walls are 
you know, thinner wall. And numerous, there numerous staff have kind of reported this. My friend who is telling me about the governess and her husband has been in the house kind of by himself after hours or I don't know. He was, oh, what was happened was he was leading a tour and he was pointing out the fact that these were not stone walls. And he did so by knocking on the on the walls, like knock, knock, knock. Right, like this is and, what it's made of. Mm-hmm. And there was a beat, and then it knocked back. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So that has happened. There's also been reports of a bright, nebulous light appearing, flashing in the corner of the room. So like kind of like an orb, but it was, was, I don't know. So there's that. So, okay. So the children who hung out in this nursery suite, two of them went on to be aviators, pilots, and they're both, they both served in World War II. One was one of the brothers. He was, you know, a regular pilot. The other was one of the sisters. And she was kind of one of those like crews of women who would kind of like transport planes from like base to base not do like actual combat fighting but so uh, the guy he was flying his plane and he crashed into the side of a mountain it was very tragic and then his sister was starting up a plane to like take it somewhere one day and it just blew up before as it was trying to take off and yeah so she also died in world war ii those are not pleasant deaths yeah, and they were, like, within days or a year of each other. It was, like, very sudden. And it was very tragic. Um, and then kind of just uh, kind of got forgotten about in the scheme of things. I know as it was turned into a museum, that's just, like, not really the main focus of things. But one day, uh, there was a guy in uh, the kitchen, which is kind of directly below the nursery. And he was doing restorative work there, just like more construction stuff. And he had a radio on uh, just to keep himself company. And all of a sudden the music kind of cuts out and he starts hearing what he described as propellers of a plane. Wow. He told the director at the time, I don't remember when this happened. And they said, oh, uh, did you know that, you know, two of the children died in plane crashes and the man had did not know that he just oh my described gosh. what he heard mm-hmm. <gasps> yes it's very it's allegedly very haunted this so much so that it was featured in the uh, what's that, the sci-fi one house uh ghost hunters the ones with taps uh-huh uh, they they did an episode on Hyde hall as their halloween episode one year oh how that fun was, Mm-hmm. I yeah, bet you we so can link to that too. We might be able to well, find clips of it on YouTube. Yeah, there are very brief clips. I tried to find the whole episode, and it's no longer no longer there. So, but yeah, it, I watched part of it, and it's they they talk about some of the history. I think they got some of it wrong. Like I think they were like I think they went with the and you know and Cooper blah 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 Clark cursed the wife of her son and like just went with that story without acknowledging the fact that there's no way that could be true right (laughs) so that's kind of like that's kind of how they do but it's cool yeah and they went into all these rooms and they saw some things with light flashing and that kind of thing there's other stories of like 
going down the stairs and people have fallen down the stairs saying that they've been pushed when there's no one behind them. And there's another set of stairs that animals are terrified of and will not go up or down. See, I always give that a great deal of credence because I Mm -hmm. think animals see things that we absolutely do not. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's even more things that I'm not even going to mention because it's just like, oh, they saw like a mist moving from one room to another. So right. like there's a ton of shit going on at this house and I got to be there. I did not experience anything. Not yet. <laughs> but not yet, not yet. You're going to um, be there for a minute. Yeah, I, I am hoping to do some volunteering there this month. So I'll report back if I experience anything. That is so exciting. What a great story. Yes. Will yeah. you take a million billion photos and put them up for us? Yeah, I took a couple photos that I'll put up. That Another thing is they're, they're telling everyone like, oh, check your photos afterwards because there might be something in it. Like orbs? So, uh, yeah, like orbs. I know you hate orbs, but still. I know I hate orbs, yeah. But there was, oh, there was one story about someone seeing a huge white cross on the wall in the dining room. And just like kind of dismissing it, even though the light was going a different direction through the windows, they're just like, eh, I don't know. And then they got back to the visitor center and someone was like, oh, take, take a look at this picture that I took. And it was of the dining room and it was the same spot, but it was a huge black cross. (gasps) I love it. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's Hyde Hall. It's that's super awesome. I'm is it? I'm so jealous. Like I'm intensely jealous. Like yes, I'm jealous. You're in grad school. I will get there myself. <laughs> but mostly, I am super, super, super jealous that you're getting to work with a haunted museum, a haunted house uh, site mm-hmm. that is also a museum. I am super, super jealous that you get to work with a historic home that is also fucking haunted. Like I'm. Oh, that's so yeah. badass. i'm excited well that man dude all right i hope you report back i hope you honestly i hope you see a full body apparition i do too but i will also just shit my pants that's Um, fine having been an adult who shit her pants it's survivable (laughs) okay well yeah i've also so i want to volunteer and they're encouraging people to like come in costume i told them i was like well i have this like super long white you know 1920s style dress right. i can just like walk around the grounds and freak people out so also that I might be you're doing as that. pale as death yeah i look like a ghost already so should be fine <laughs> should be fine dude that's super cool yeah do you want a listener story absolutely <laughs> that's what i figured okay so podcast movie magic um what i just had this pulled up ready to go no of course we're no super time prepared. has passed super on top of shit okay so this one <laughs> this one is called a library ghost hates me very appropriate for our school and uh haunted historic home yeah Museum. it could be a personal library yeah. maybe we don't we don't know how rich this person is exactly um <laughs> so this comes from amanda and she says hey spooky gals hi amanda I yeah. uh, just started listening to the podcast, currently listening to the cannibalism episode. I'm so sorry, but also not sorry at all. Yeah, it was I a great episode. One. People really liked that one. You fuckers, you uh-huh. freaks. Yeah, God, what's wrong with you? Which I, uh, I found through the Slumber Party Facebook group. Yay, our friends. I think all of them so far has been from the, Guys, you just, you just got to get on this Facebook group. You it's, really do, guys. The Slumber Sexuals are amazing. Yeah. Okay, so, oh. 
Here we go. I'm a fellow museum bitch. Hey. I know exactly which Amanda this is. Okay. Yeah, I feel like we're, I we're internet yet. friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have a huge love for Lucy Worsley. Hey there. Because she's awesome. She's the best. So here's the spooky story. I went to a small college in Northwest Ohio where I worked in the library. My senior year, I was also the supervisor, which meant I had to close up the library with one other person a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. The library was nothing special, built in the 1930s and added on to in the 1970s. Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Standard. Yeah. It can be difficult for people to navigate, but again, it's not like there was anything particular about this building to bring on a haunting. Or so you thought. It's actually on the Hellmouth. No. Just a lot of energy Ex- being expended. Yeah, except for all the bodies buried in the basement. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, During my junior year, we had received a bunch of books from a woman after her death. No. Oh, they're haunted. They're so haunted. Haunted books. (laughs) Oh, I want to haunt books. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. It'll be portable. Yeah. And, well, they'd sort of be like horcruxes, I would imagine. Because, like, the soul would be split up into each book. Yeah. I'm for it. Um, yeah. What book would you be, would, would you want to haunt? Oh. Neil Gaiman, right? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> this is really childish, but like my first thought was a copy of Ella Enchanted. Mm. Shut up. I just got done rereading that book. I love that book. I have I love that book so read much. that book every year since sixth grade, at least once. Oh my God. Mm. And I just, again, what the fuck happened with the movie? Can it's we, so bad. Can we just never, ever discuss it? It makes me so angry, Jen. No, the only reason I mention it is because there are people in the world, and I know one of them, that have only seen the movie and never read the book. Ew. Anyway, um, yeah. Basically, if you have not read the book, read the book. Read um, the damn book. It takes. It's like a two-hour book. It is worth it. Your soul will be enriched. It's so good. It's so good. Can you imagine being like a nice spirit haunting that book and like a little girl reaches for it and she's looking for like a strong role model and you can be like, yes, little child. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But then think about that child's going to turn around and say, hey, mommy, um, this lady who came out of the book told me that uh, I am a wonderful child and can do anything good. And that parent has to live with that. And also taught me how to, because it's, I'm the one haunting it. So also she said that I can do anything I want because I'm a badass and she taught me how to swear in German. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? That okay, is, correcting, yeah. correcting tomorrow's youth. What would you, Today's what book youth. are you going to haunt? I don't know. Oh, that's a good question Um, that I just asked you. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow, what the fuck? Um, I don't know. You know what? I right? could see you haunting... The maybe not so much one particular book, but I could see you haunting like the Tudor files mm. for like like the royal archives at uh, Hampton Court. Oh my god, that would be so confusing. Like, <laughs> but also so fun because I get to hang out with all the other ghosts there. But like also they'd be like, so I'm getting a reading that says like 420 blaze it, and I don't <laughs> understand. Oh, <laughs> uh, who's saying death? So who's saying who's? Who's saying fuck the Pope here? Who taught Elizabethan English? I wasn't aware that any of the tutors knew that uh, phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I would just be like writing LOL butts (laughs) on like all the walls. I would come Um, and visit you and I would draw dicks in all of the vellum records. Oh my 
That's my new dream. I know, right? My new dream. I gotta, if I'm on death's door, just bring me to Hampton Court where I will expire and just haunt there. (laughs) I promise. Or you know what? If you die before me, which is not going to happen, but in case it does, I will Mm -hmm. make sure that you're cremated and I'll take like a tablespoon of you and -hmm. I will sprinkle you discreetly (laughs) in Hampton Court. Oh, God. And by discreetly, I mean, I'm going to be like, here's to you, bitch, and then throw you at the ground. Like a smoke bomb. Yes. And then I disappear before the English authorities can grab me. Because <laughs> it's actually a big old crime to drop ashes in public. Yeah, it is. And for that reason, I would forgive you cremating me. Um, you don't want to be cremated? No, I want to be, I want to go to the body farm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, how about I let you go to the body farm, except for your pinky, which I'll keep in a jar. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I will take that jar to Hampton Court, and I will smash it on the tiles. There Wait, will just but be a... can, you just, can you just have my pinky, like, pickled? Sure. Absolutely. That that actually would be even more amazing, just, like, in a jar, absolutely. like, on your shelf. P- or, like, your... better yet, like, my eyeballs. Yeah. Okay. You want your eyeballs to, I mean, like, on the, if I were to outlive you, which, let's be real, not going to happen. Actually, no, I take it back. Eyeballs are weird. But I just, I just, like, want some part of me to, like, watch over people forever. Just, like, one ear, like, your left ear, like a full Van Gogh. No, it'll be, uh, like, my left middle finger. Oh, that's perfect for us. I'll send it to the person I hate. Um, and I'll send the other one to you. Thank um, you. <laughs> I'm very excited to receive that. Uh, okay. Anyway, where were we? Amanda was telling us a story. Hi, Amanda. Yes. Sorry. Uh, they got they got a bunch of books. Okay. Yes. We're oh we stopped like right before the freaky things happened. Okay. Okay. God, we're assholes. And <laughs> listen, when you send us mail, just know that this is gonna happen. It's fine. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. So during my junior year, we had received a bunch of books from a woman after her death. And that's when the weird stuff started happening. Lights would flicker. Books would fall off shelves. And there was always the feeling that someone was watching me. I sometimes Mm. feel like somebody's watching me. Sorry. That's all I think of every time. In particular, this ghost decided she did not like me. Uh, Is this a salty old bitch? It's a salty old bitch, I bet. Um, <laughs> uh, I would hear and see things more often than others would. I tried to brush off all the happenings, attributing them to bad wiring and students walking by when I didn't see them. But one night, something happened that I could not explain. When closing up, I had closed my two floors and was waiting for my assistant to close his so he could come help me close the last one. Mm -hmm. I'm standing at the circulation desk when he comes up the stairs. He looks to the other side of the building and says, oh, you turned off the lights? I had not turned them off. And from the direction my assistant had come from, he couldn't have either. Um, I quickly shuffled us both out of there because hell no. Hell no. Lights, because <laughs> hell no. Uh, lights flickering I can handle, but there was no way that bad wiring had turned off lights in half the building and the students and security guards didn't know how to turn them off. I would finish out the year with this sort of stuff happening on my shifts, but no one else's. Fuck that. Great. I know, that right? That sucks. What does she have against you? What did you do? What did you do to her books? What did you do to her books? Amanda. No, she's probably just mad that she's dead. I mean, like, wouldn't you be? Yeah. Were you the first to touch them, Amanda? Did you, did you <gasps> Are open you cursed? the secret book? <laughs> right. oh my God. Okay. 
great fun. Anyway, this experience freaked me out so much that now I'm a skeptical believer. The museum I work in right now is totally haunted, and I always walk looking down at the ground if there's if there is a ghost trying to make itself known. I do that too. You do? Yeah, sometimes when I'm like, man, something is tugging at me, or like, I just feel like I'm not alone. I'm like, no, I'm gonna stare at my shoes. Fuck you. I will not acknowledge that. <laughs> See, this is like, I was thinking about this going back to like, James Fenimore Cooper, the second, just like hearing something, feeling something in his room, not opening his eyes. Like, is that better? <laughs> I don't know. It just works for me. I yeah. don't want to give them the chance. It's like, no, no, I guess no. You don't get any of my energy. Goodbye. Yeah. It's kind of like keeping your eyes closed during a horror movie, I guess. Um, and you know what? You participate in it too. Remember when we were afraid of my uh, window? Yes. And you oh didn't look God. at that window that whole time. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh <laughs> shit. I just realized I'm like looking out a dark window. Uh-oh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I wasn't afraid of it until now. Um that's not true. <laughs> uh okay, wait. Uh so we're we're almost done. We're almost done. Okay. Okay. I was looking at the ground. If there's any ghost trying to make itself known, I'm not here to play their games. Uh anyway, love the podcast. Best Amanda. Amanda, you rock. Thank, Thank you so you. much for sharing that with us. I'm sorry that a ghost yeah. was basically being a see you next Tuesday. Yeah, just to you. That's like, that's, that's just so a pointed. special form of spite. Yeah, that's rude. Not you, you didn't even know this person. <laughs> All right. Well, probably a good time to wrap up, right? Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, I will uh, talk to you <laughs> later. Have a wonderful week. Everybody, thank you so much yes. for listening. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to find us online, we are haunted underscore pod on Twitter. Si. Um, yes. Um, yes, that's yes in Spanish. Sorry. <laughs> si. <laughs> Thank you. We. Oui. I was just so confused. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's getting late. I don't know. Shit, uh, it's 8.03. It's 8 o'clock. I still have homework to do. Um it's the wine talking. Oh, sure. There you go. That's, that's the one. Um, okay. <laughs> on Instagram, we are This Podcast is Haunted. Also on Facebook, where This Podcast is Haunted. And if you have a listener story like um, Amanda or any of our past listeners, um, you can email us your story at thispodcastishaunted at gmail.com. Until next time. Um, I don't know. We don't, ha- we don't have a sign off. We've never really, had a sign yeah, off. Yeah, we never did. Fuck you, turds. We're leaving. This yeah. is Kate. This is Jen. Bye. Bye. See you next time. See you next time.